Welcome to Healthy Churches ABNWT, a resource created by and for PAOC Alberta and Northwest Territories pastors and ministry leaders. The focus is on leadership development and congregational health. The goal is to help you reach more people. Visit abnwt.com for more information. Well, welcome to the ABNWT podcast. My name is Jeremiah Rabel. We're talking to leaders in our tribe about healthy churches and what it takes to reach more people here in Canada. With me today is Paul Fraser. Paul's no stranger to our district. He served for 11 years as our church ministries director and church planting. He currently serves as our church multiplication coordinator Canada-wide and is doing an amazing job. So, Paul, welcome. Thank you so much. So, talk to us about your role and what's happening in Canada these days in the PSC. Yeah, it's... Uh it's an interesting role for me as it relates to, you know, being involved in one district before and, uh, you know, being part of that, knowing the culture, knowing what's going on there, and then branching it out to the nation. Yeah. Uh, we are a very, very diverse nation, and I think that's, a, that's, a, that's an added bonus, but trying to figure out what's going to work church planting in BC is going to be different than Quebec, then, then it's going to be in the Maritimes, and right. so... My job is to kind of coordinate between all of them and work together to get church planting and church multiplication moving forward, to be a resource for them, to come alongside what they're already doing, help come up with strategy. And I also work directly with planters um, as they're going through the process. And and uh, so we have a vision to see 1,500 disciple-making communities by 2020. Right on. And uh, so that's my that's my job. I'm trying to get more disciple making communities. And you, you're plan. I mean, you, you've been working with church planters here in Alberta for yep. several years, and now you're working Canada wide. What are you seeing? Well, the first thing I'm seeing is conversation is starting huh. where where it's not so much fringe. It's actually becoming more part of the mainstream conversation as it relates to church world because people are realizing that that church planting is one of the most effective ways to reach people far from God. And so uh, what we've been talking about is what we want to create is access points to the gospel. Mm. We want to come alongside. And so there's lots of different expressions of that. Seeing great success in multi-sites, entrepreneurial plants, um, campuses, uh, seeing churches at universities start, some uh, cultural language groups that are doing doing some excellent work. In fact, that's probably our biggest driver right now is the cultural language group church plants. And if we look at our stats in the last 10 years, as the cultural language group plants have gone up, we see that our overall has gone up. So they really are a driver for that. So some some exciting things that are happening there. I think we've got some dabbling with online church, okay, yeah, which is really interesting, and home church, and what is that going to look like in the future? So, yeah, some interesting models, and and also exploring new ones out there. Yeah, very cool. Let's talk about access points then. Like, you know, it's something that I've heard you say a couple times now. Yeah, why do you use that language? What are you What are you inferring when you mean that? And why is that important in Canada here? Yeah. So there's so few of them, for starters. Right. Uh, you know, we don't. You can look at the stats and see in Canada that there isn't a lot of, um, you know, people that would identify themselves as Christians in Canada. And so, obviously, access points are every single one of us. You're an access point. I'm an access point. 
But we're talking broader than that. Well, the disciple-making communities, they're the access points. And what we want to do is we want to create more because we believe every Canadian deserves an access point to the gospel. Every single one. It shouldn't be hard. There shouldn't be layers. There shouldn't be secret handshakes and drawbridges on castles that only come up on once a week. Like, we actually have to create access points for people to engage Jesus. And you can see stories in the Bible, I think, of Nathaniel and... uh, when he, you know, is is connecting with Jesus for the first time, right? And yeah. and and Philip makes a way. He doesn't argue with them. He just says, "I'm going to be an access point to the gospel." And and Nathaniel meets Jesus, and life change happens at that wow. moment. And that's what we want more of. We want Thursday night gatherings and Saturday night gatherings and Sunday morning and Sunday whenever. We just want to create more spaces for people to truly connect with Jesus. And and that's going to look different for each person. It's going to look different for each church. But that's kind of the heart behind it. Every Canadian deserves an access point to the gospel. So what you're not saying is this is what a church plant looks like. You're saying, no, 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 no. Access points can look like... Right. It's, it's, it's why I, I think it's part of the genius of our phrase, disciple-making communities. Right. Uh, a, a traditional existing church is a disciple-making community. Uh, an online church could be a disciple-making community. Small groups, missional communities, uh, cultural language group churches, all these things are are disciple-making communities. And so we have to get past this idea of it having to look one way for it to be successful. been reading some stats recently, and this was from last year. Ed Stetzer did some work with LifeWay Research. And they said, okay, so if you were invited by somebody you knew, to, a, to a, a local church event, and it happened to be a worship service, how many people would say that they were likely to go? And there was only 35%, and this is in the States, yeah, where, yeah. you know, it's okay to be a Christian yeah, down there. You know, yeah. yeah, it's a bit more common. <laughs> um, and only 35% said they would go to a worship service. So imagine what that would be like in Canada. Jeremiah, like, would it be... Twenty percent? Would that be too high? Would yeah, it be thirty percent? Yeah, pretty low. I would say fifteen. Maybe. Right. So, yeah. so you. So now we're going. Okay, we can't just do church how we used to do it because we're only going to hit twenty percent. Now, twenty percent of thirty-seven million—that's still a lot of people. <laughs> but the reality is, we've got to come up with other ways to reach that seventy-five, that eighty percent that would not find their way to a Sunday morning gathering. Let's say. So what are we going to do? And so we've, we're calling on our leaders and dreamers and entrepreneurs to come up with ways to reach people far from God. And, and so as I get to journey with them, there's some exciting things happening there. And I think you're saying this is what Canadians need. They, this is what Canadians need. You can't need. have a one-size-fits-all anymore. No. Like, oh, this is what church is. No, no, no. We've got to diversify, right, in order to totally. reach more Canadians. Totally, because the needs are so different. Imagine a new Canadian coming to uh, an English-speaking service for the first time. Well, what are they going to get out of it when they're, when they're having to translate everything right. in their head, trying to figure out? They may even know English, but it's so tiring. I've talked with people, friends from uh, Quebec, that, that French is their first language, and they say when they come to our meetings and hear English, that if there's constantly this translating, and it's just absolutely exhausting. Yeah. Um, and they want to be there, and some of them have to be at these meetings. So imagine the person that's coming to a church, English isn't their first language. Not feeling, understanding, you know, the, everything that's going on. Uh, what are we going to do for them? What are we going to do for new Canadians? What are we going to do for uh, our indigenous peoples in Canada? 
what are we going to do for the people that that have high anxiety yeah. that don't want to come to wow. a big group wow. church? What are we yeah. going to do? So we have to come up with creative ideas and creative ways to reach them. And to be honest with you, there's there has to be more going. There has to be more going. We can't expect people to come. There has to be this idea of like, yes, we gather together, and yes, people get saved in our gatherings, and yes, there's all these wonderful things that happen in service of going. Yeah, okay. It has to be that. And, and so we need to be looking at our communities, our neighborhoods, and say, okay, what can we do to go to them? So talk to us about why churches should be thinking about multiplying um, in terms of access points to the gospel. Why, you know, I'm sitting in a church, I'm a pastor. What yeah. should I be thinking about? Or should I be thinking about it? Well, I think, I think one of the most important things is that we've discovered is that healthy churches plant healthy and so you may be out there going, you know, our church's doing good, but we're, we may not be ready to do, you know, launch another site or, you know, start something else or, or uh, you know, raise up a planter within, you know, within our ranks. I think there's a real important piece that I think get healthy first, because I think a fully revitalized church is one that will multiply. That's what I think. Yeah. I think, it, I don't think there's two different processes. No. There's just one process. Healthy churches multiply. Um, yeah, that's true. And the reason is because you've got to go to them. Like Amazon is a really interesting story. Like amazon.com.ca is yeah. a really interesting story. Um, and how it's put out of business, these big department stores. Yeah. Like we were, in, I was talking with a friend the other day about Sears, how Sears created the catalog. They actually brought ordering to them. And you still had to go to, you know, to go to the local Sears outlet and pick up your parcel and all that. But compared to all the other ones you had to go to, the catalog was revolutionary. Yeah, that's true. The Sears catalog. I mean, as a kid growing up, that Sears catalog comes in, we're like, no way, this yeah. is incredible. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> and then, but then Amazon goes to the next level and go, no, 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 no. You don't even need paper anymore. We're going to create something that you can buy all that you need, and we're going to actually deliver it right to your door. You don't even have to get up and go to the outlet center to get it. And here's the, gen- here's the genius of that, is that they decided to bring the service to them. Yeah. And I think what we've expected Canadian culture to do is you, we're providing such a great service. And to be honest, lots of churches are. Come, come, come to us, come to us. When in reality, I think the strength of the future for our churches is we need to go to them, go to where they are, go to where their needs um, are are not being met and help meet those needs. You know, you talk about, there's lots of examples, Blockbuster versus Netflix. Yeah, yeah. Again, bringing it to the home. We've got to get to people, uh, got to get to uh, this idea of sending, being sent, and being on mission every day and not just Sundays. So, so what are some of the barriers to, to going and what are some of the barriers? What, what, what holds us back? It's a very good question because I know for me, like I'm not... Please hear me on this. I am not like Mr. Evangelist and my whole neighborhood's, you know, coming over for Alpha every week. And I need to be doing better on this. But um, I think some of it is in, Canadians like their privacy. Yeah. So this hospitality piece um, in more of the traditional Canadian culture is just not there. So you don't really get to know your neighbors. You don't have them over as much, at least 
um, you know, we've been in our neighborhood now six years and nobody's invited us over. Yeah. So it's not just me being, we've invited our neighbors over and we've had them over, but nobody's invited us because it just seems like that's not like kind of the cultural thing to do. And so how do you connect with your neighbors? I think there's some of that. Um, I think fear. Mm-hmm. I think we're worried about what people are going to say and think about us when we when we go out and actually share our faith. But again, in this this uh, Lifeway research, it says that that like I think it was like seven out of ten people are okay with Christians sharing their faith with them, and these are unchurched people. Wow! So it's not like it's not like people are going to get all weirded out by us sharing our faith. Um, but yet we feel like we're saying, no, we don't want to be imposing and we don't want to offend them. And but the reality is we're in a post-Christian culture. They didn't even know about Jesus. Right. I, I had guys on my ball hockey team that I said, do you have a parent or a grandparent that went to any church? And he's like, uh, 25 years old. Um, uh, I think I, my grandparents used to go to a Catholic church, but I'm not sure. I would go once a year, maybe with my dad. It's no concept. Yeah. He's asking, well, what's Christmas about? Yeah. <laughs> is it about Jesus? It was something about Jesus, right? Yeah, it's pretty important. Like Christmas, <laughs> it's awesome. pretty... This is Canada. Though. This is Canada. This is Canada. This is like, this is like last year. <laughs> like this isn't, this is, this is Canada and this is our reality. And there's beautiful opportunity here. So to please hear me. I'm not trying to be negative, but there's no. beautiful opportunity because we can actually present Jesus in who he is without the baggage of maybe what preconceived ideas are about church. you got a church that's healthy, growing, let's say it's reaching lost people, but it hasn't yet multiplied. What do you say to them? How do you, how, what's their strategy? How can they, what should they be doing next? Well, I think the first thing and maybe the most important thing is to pray. Yeah. Is to just ask God, what should we be doing? How can we get healthy? What are some important things we need to be working on? Um, I think we're noticing that there's kind of a, a neat little progression happening that churches that go to two services, uh, you know, generally are, you know, it's, it's kind of like a prep to multiplication because you, you're doing, you know, uh, service, whatever, Saturday night and then Sunday morning right. or two on Sunday morning or maybe you're doing a service in a neighboring community, something like that that adds a, another way to do it. I think that's a great little launching point for that. Um, but I would say definitely pray about it. Ask, what, ask God what, what, what he's asking of you. Um, because here's the deal. If you're not reaching people in your community well, planting a church isn't going to mean that you're going to reach people better. Because you're just you're, what you're doing is the same DNA in your current, uh, your current place is going to be the same DNA in the next one. Right. So if you're not reaching people in your community now... Uh, Having a new place doesn't automatically mean you're going to be reaching people. You have to create healthy DNA, outbound DNA, missional DNA, where you're saying, no, we're going to be about going, reaching. Why we exist is not for church people. It's for those people far from God. So I think that's the first place. You've got to see people being reached in your own existing assembly first. Yeah. Pray, and then go from there. And then what do you do? Do you have to mobilize leaders? Like, how do you how do you how do you multiply? So you got to two services. What's the next step? What what do churches need to be thinking through? Yeah, and so if you aren't developing leaders, you're going to end up sending your best leaders to the next site, right. and you won't have any in your current one. Um, I think leadership pipeline is absolutely crucial for for seeing success moving forward. 
So you need to have something in your church before you're thinking about multi-site. How am I developing leaders? What are we doing? What are our processes? From Joe Tire Kicker that first comes in uh, to check out church to uh, what's your strategy to get them to be uh, a leader, uh, a multiplier in your uh, in your assembly. So what's the process? Because we're finding that people are excited. We want to multiply, and then they can't find the leaders to do it. Right. So as you think about multiplication, these are some of the things you need to be wrestling with. Uh, we as a movement for the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, we we are in desperate need of a leadership pipeline. And it's, it's, it's a talking point at many of the meetings I go to. So we've got to figure out what was the first thing we did. We need to start developing some leaders. What's our process for that? And and I don't think a lot of churches think about that. They just think, well, we'll just send people and everything, it'll work out good. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but why not send leaders equipped, ready to go, empowered with the Spirit? Right, mobilize them. Mobilize them, yeah. Wow, so tell me about what are the characteristics that you see uh, – from leaders as being effective church multipliers, church planters, uh, or even those that release that in others, right? You know, whether it's an apostolic calling or whatever, right? What does that look like in Canadian leaders? What are you seeing? Yeah, I think the, the secret, and it's not a secret, it's all over the Bible, (laughs) Uh, but, but this idea of that fivefold, gift to the church where it needs to be functioning. And we have to actually empower our local churches and leaders to think apostolically, to think evangelistically, to think prophetically, hear what God's saying and respond in obedience to that. And, you know, to have a prayer meeting, but not just a prayer meeting and just go, wasn't that great, but actually hear what God's saying, what we're to do. Wow. That was lots of times that's what the disciples do. They get together, pray, God, what do we do? He speaks to them, and then they go and do it. (laughs) So I think we've got to empower the local churches, the pastors, specifically those ones that have more of an apostolic call in their life, to go, hey, you have permission. Yeah. Go plant churches. It's part of your call. It's part of your vision. And uh, I think pastors can do that too, but typically their gift is more, let's take care of the sheep, let's, let's pastor, let's lead, disciple. I think there's a good mesh between them. They shouldn't be in opposition. No, They yeah, should sure. complement each other. Yeah. But we, ha- we would have some leaders in our fellowship that would think more apostolically, and I would love to see them rise up. Yeah. I would love to see them you know, feel like they have permission to go and reach their city and to go and reach their communities and their towns and and to and maybe you're in a small town and you're going, Well, I, I feel like I have an apostolic call. If you do, then look at your towns that are twenty minutes away. Yeah. Go start an alpha. Look what what you can do there. There's several towns all over small small town Alberta and Canada that, that don't have a evangelical gospel witness. That's part of the apostolic call. On your life. And I know people are, I know some people are cringing probably. Well, apostles and I'm talking about the function. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, you know, if we're going to get worked up about the title, that's one thing. Uh, But I'm saying the function. Yeah, absolutely. Where are those leaders that are here to raise up church planters, to raise up new churches and to go and be sent? Um, They're in our fellowship. Yeah. They just need to be released and they need permission. And, and I know the hearts of our leaders in, in the nation that are leading. And they're going, yes, go. Mm-hmm. You have permission. 
And and I would love to see more of that. Because I think there are churches out there that might be planting five or ten. Yeah. That have the ability, the resource, the leadership, the systems that isn't just like, you know, one or two, but they could be five or ten or more. Yeah. And those I, I are the leaders. Every church. What if every church did that? Oh, I, I feel like. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and here's the deal: is you don't necessarily have to have that gifting, but surround yourself with people. Yeah. I know there's people here at the district office that would love to come alongside and go. You don't have to figure this out all out, yeah. all by yourself. Yeah. You've got people. You've got leaders. You've got support. And if and if you can't find it, I'll go look. And if I can't find it, we'll find an answer for you, because everyone can have this vision. It's God's heart. We're not walking in opposition to his will here. No. He wants to see every single Canadian come to Christ. And here's the beautiful thing. I believe this with my whole heart. If Canada wins, the world wins. People are going, well, what about international missions? I love international missions. Imagine if we had another thousand churches to actually send missionaries all over the world. So I believe if Canada wins, the world's going to win because we're a sending group. It's just we've got to get that back in our DNA at a local church level uh, and and recapture that pioneering, risk-taking heart again to see Canadians come to Jesus. Wow. Paul, thanks so much for your time here today. And folks, as always, make sure you share this with your team. Because our goal is to reach more people in Alberta Northwest Territories and, of course, in Canada and around the world. Until next time.